I just want to be an ordinary student in a university. Wait, that is not exactly what happened, right? <laughs> Find out the realities on Uni Saga. Hey, salam sejahtera, Malaysians. Welcome and of course, what's up? And like usual, this is your host Daniel C, and you're now tuning into Uni Saga only on Ice Kacang Podcast. So back to our political fever. Weeks after weeks, I know everyone is still closely following uh, the daily political news that is flooding our Facebook news feeds. And of course, while you're at it, I also hope that you guys managed to catch uh, last week's episode. But of course, if you have not, it is just a click away right after this episode. Episode. So people do check that out And of course now without further ado I would like to introduce our two specially invited lawyers Yes, that's right, you heard me right They are our lawyers for today And of course, hi Caleb, hi Matthew Hi, it's a pleasure yeah, Good evening, well, thanks for having us here Nope, welcome on the show And I hope you guys are fitting in well that's cool. yeah, Yes, we are Okay, that's cool. All right. And of course, so before we begin, um, do you mind giving our listeners a little brief introductory of yourselves and your law background, perhaps? Oh, well, my name is Caleb Go. I'm a practicing lawyer with a special focus on in the intellectual property and arbitration. Uh, whereas for me, I'm Matthew. I'm currently working in a shipping law firm, something that I'm deeply interested in. Okay, that's 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 really cool. That's really interesting. So, and of course, having two lawyers in the studio with me, we are about to dig and find out what are likely the impacts of post GE fourteen and how is it going to affect certain fields or certain sectors and you know now or, or maybe civil servants with the new government right now. So, okay, uh, I'm going to start with Caleb. Perhaps like uh, we're going to get right straight into the cracks. All right. So, how do you think Mahathir's leadership will take shape? Because right. Right now, I am looking at my Facebook every day, social media, every day on my social media, people are singing praises in his leadership. But of course, it is inevitable that we know how Mahathir is as a person. So, uh, yeah, do you mind giving your views on that? Yeah, well, Daniel, um, we all know who he is and we all know what he has done and what he's capable of. So it is really no mystery as to what his leadership will take, uh, what, what the shape of his leadership will be like. It will be strong, it will be authoritative and it will be suited for the job. What is the job? It is a dynasty takeover. Make no mistake, this is no ordinary election. This is the end of a dynasty and a takeover requires a consolidation of powers. You have to hold it in the reins. And for that, you cannot have an ordinary leader. You need to have somebody as hard as nails. I see. And as hard as nails is what Mahate is. So is that why we're seeing like, you know, I mean, I think the moment he stepped in, we can all see the fact that uh, he is quite harsh. I mean, like things happen really quick, you know, suddenly uh, the next thing you know, Najib and Rosma is being like blacklisted and everything. So yeah. Well, yeah, Mahathir is quite the wily old fox, isn't he? Um, in some way, I'm not even surprised that uh, he has become Prime Minister. In the past, he has taken on many other men who were much wiser than Najib. I mean, one could recall stalwarts like uh, Kuli, Tunku Razali, Musa Hitam, and even the Tunku himself. And let's not forget his Prime Minister in waiting, Anwe Brahim, back in 1999. That being said, uh, based on what I've seen in the election, I found his public relations team absolutely remarkable. He was portrayed not as the like my friend, the dictator, yes, the dictator and the 
the old man behind the curtain in the visit of Oz you know he was rather he was portrayed something like the nation's favorite grandfather but then again in his defense i mean he really did release a video and he also did mention that hey he is back again this time to really fix things because he also did acknowledge the fact that everything that happened today is out of his wrong doing back then so what do you guys have to say about that uh, there is a famous saying which comes to my mind at this moment uh, is a famous politician who said it Enoch Powell i think he said that all political life unless cut off at a happy juncture ends in failure the only exception i could think of that has bucked that statement has to be the current prime minister mahadev mohammed i mean his reputation after he resigned among the opposition was not favorable but now everybody who's well, not the, now it's not the opposition anymore everyone outside of bn thinks of him as someone who brought them triumph So okay, let's do it in brief before we go on a really short break. Okay, my question here would be the fact that now they are the new government in power. I'm also curious which sector will be affected. Well, to speak for myself, in the legal profession, there exists some sort of a fear at the back of many minds, especially from the minds of senior lawyers. I mean, you could recall the 1988 constitutional crisis where they removed the Lord President of the Supreme Court. Okay. Uh, Tuan Saliabas. However, in general, many of the younger lawyers uh, who are disaffected by the executive overreach into the judiciary find that there is a new sense of hope and probable reforms. Taking away the position of the public prosecutor from the attorney general would be one of those. Whereas I could say hope springs eternal, and I look forward to see the probable reforms coming. All right, cool. Uh, this sounds really intense, but of course, we're gonna put on a short hold on it. We're gonna put a really short hold on it. We're gonna go on a short break, and we will be back again. All right, hey there, guys. Thank you so much for waiting. This is Daniel C, and with me, I've got Caleb and Matthew. Hi, great to be back. Yes, thank you so much, guys, for staying there. And of course, so right earlier we were talking about um, uh, with the new government in power and uh, which sector will be affected. And of course, we've got Matthew, whom have given his input, uh, input a little bit of his input, right, very much earlier in this and in, in the earlier half. So right now, back to you, Caleb. I believe you would. Uh, you also have something to, to yeah. To, well, to, to my learned friend discussed about the impact upon the legal profession. All right. Um, we we I I feel that I we, I also have to di- uh to discuss about the impact outside the legal profession, namely upon um the government servants, penjawat penjawat. Yes, awam, that's right. Because recently on Facebook, I I've been seeing lots of people like there are lots of jawatan kosong, and a uh, lot of people are resigning and stuff like that. So yeah. Well, you see, we have to differentiate between a political appointment and a permanent appointment. People in Putrajaya are there by many means, and some of them are there because they have been hired by a particular ministry as a consultant. Okay. And therefore, they are not actually civil servants. You, you would of course understand the difference between a contract of service and a contract for service. So that means people who are working in Putrajaya, they are basically working for the. Government. Uh, let me put it this way: You can imagine that a civil service is like a ladder. You know, you slowly climb to the top. You start off as a PTD. You enter the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Mm-hmm. You slowly go up the ranks. Okay. And another method would be graduate from a fantastic university like Harvard or Yale. Okay. Get hit hunted, and next thing you know, you're working for Miti. I see. Okay. And Miti stands for? Oh, the Ministry of uh, Trade Ministry. I see. Okay. All right. So yeah, you were saying that some of the factors, and I think the the legal professions will be affected. Is that what you're saying? 
yes, it, it would be. The biggest question now is how will the AG go? Okay. Uh, as, as you know, the Attorney General is the lawyer for the government. So, in a way, to in a layman, some I would say, try to imagine that the AG is a lawyer and mm. the, the federal government of Malaysia is his client. Okay. And so, the lawyers working within the AG are called federal councils. So, the AG serves the crown. All right. Now, Mahate wants to get rid of the current AG. How is he going to do that? Some uh, would say that... My next question would be, can he do that? Well, he certainly can. So, we, we have to refer to case law. And according to the law, he is a servant of the crown. He I serves see. at the pleasure of the Agung. There has been a 1969 uh, federal court decision, the name escapes me, uh, which stipulates that the Agung cannot make arbitrary decisions. The phrase serving at the pleasure of the Agung uh, was taken from British law. In English common law, when somebody serves at the pleasure of the king, the king does not actually make an arbitrary decision to either keep him on. In a constitutional monarchy, the king only acts upon the advice of cabinet or upon a minister who uh, has the backing of the cabinet. That's right. And of course, in this case, it would be the prime minister. So, in answer, Because of the whole consolidation of power concentrated on the prime minister itself, is that true? Well, the prime minister has the confidence of cabinet. I mean, if cabinet is unanimous in this, then who is to say that he can't? So he will advise the Agung and the Agung can just replace the AG. Okay, and okay, and and to you now, Matthew. Uh, the fact that now we are with the new government, whom have lived their life for the longest time ever as an opposition, and the fact that now they are our new government. Where does BN goes from here? Where does Barisan National goes from here? That's an interesting question because I feel that Barisan decline and fall of Barisan National did not come uh, three weeks or four weeks ago, but rather it came almost a decade ago. You know, in two thousand eight. Um, it's like that old folk tale that you hear as a child, you know, the emperor's new clothes. The emperor is naked and he's walking around, yet nobody dares to quip a word against the nakedness of the emperor except the child who can see things very clearly and very openly. So to answer that question, they have to look back at 2008. They lost the non-Malay vote in 2008 and they have not tried to gain it back at all. Is it because of they are too overconfident that you know, you know because like they have been in power for the longest time ever for sixty one years, and the fact that you know they have done so, well, nothing can you about blame it. Them? So try to put yourself in the shoes of Daniel on Tuesday. Would the Tuesday Daniel imagine this in his wildest dreams? Probably. Dreams? Probably never not never. In fact, in fact, the voters of opposition then they were also not very confident the fact that the opposition might win. You know, and the fact that it all happened in the blink of an eye. Okay, it did not happen in the blink of an eye. It sort of took hours and hours for that that whole uh, announcement of uh, the new government. But yeah, I think it's quite a hard thing to to to, to believe as well. The fact that finally, first time in history, we are governed by an by by a ruling party, from BN. Yeah, that's have, right. Yeah, well, for me, right. I, there's a lot of truth in the saying, you know, fortune favors the brave. What's the most bravest step Barisan National could do now? I think the best way forward is to abolish MCA and MIC, which are basically dead parties anyway. If they had a flag day, I think no one would ever even donate. That's a really good one, Matthew. That's a really good one, Matthew. And what do you think, Caleb? What do you have to well to continue uh, from there? Abolish MCA and MIC, and make Amno. Multiracial. 
that 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 line that, that therein lies the success of the PKR. And actually, that's a quite an old idea. I think the founder of Amno had it in his mind yes, way, back in, Jafar, yes, right. way back in yes, way back in the early Jafar? 60s. You see, no, 50s, 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 yeah. Um, he tried to form the independence of Malaya Party in 1951. Yes, that's right. If you recall, we all learned that in Bukit Sejarah, the inaugural address was held in the tea room of the Majestic Hotel, mm-hmm. which amazingly mm-hmm. <laughs> outlived Amno. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, and then I think that I think that's quite an interesting point. But then my question here to the to the, to the audience, to, to all of you listening right here, will will ever Amno achieve that kind of like you know out of that racial ra- 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 racial party? Will they open up to other races? And of course, that is for each and every one of you to think about. But in in your take, do you think they will ever do that? Kyrie Jamaluddin seems to. Be very enthusiastic about that idea, and I. The reason why I think this is good is because it will make Barisan National into a strong opposition. What we need now is a strong opposition, and that is what Amno and Barisan National has to be. We must strive for a two-party state. We cannot let Pakatan turn this back into a one-party dictatorship. All right, that is amazing one, and of course, final point from you, Matthew, before we wrap up the show. Well, there's a lot of hope in the new government, and I hope. And I hope that the hope is not misplaced. Um, it's a bright future for Malaysia, and we just have to stay together, united. We are more united outside of our politics. Um, I mean, you could see the nation turning around and watching football, for example. That's true. That's right. Uh, like, 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 like what everybody would say: two things that unite Malaysians. One is food, and one is sports. And the recent one, which is the third one, the very recent uh, GE election. And also our defense of intense. rendang not being crispy, you know, yes, that's that's oh, another thing on. which unites. Foodie nationalism, really? Why is <laughs> that a dry humor? But that was a good one. Uh, so guys, where can we find you guys on social media if you guys are available? Um, I'm rather more of a recluse on social media. Alright, okay. And but what about you, Matthew? Alright, okay. And what I about you, Matthew? I do tweet and I'm on Facebook so you can just follow me and add me on Facebook. And um, the, the underscore Matt that for Tesla Twitter as for Facebook it's just my normal name alright and what about you Caleb nope you've got none okay that's right don't worry about that and alrighty peeps that is all for this episode so do follow us closely as next week we're going to continue more probably with one more final episode on political sharing next week and don't forget follow us closely on Ice Kacang Podcast and like I said you can do all this by downloading the app follow us on Facebook IG, Twitter or you can also find me on my IG at I am Daniel Neil. so that's pretty much it until next week this is Daniel C okay be gone